Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman, and we like to begin our show with a prayer, and we will be praying the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit, Hail Hail Mary, Mary, full full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. Hail Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. Hail Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Bishop has just returned from Panama City, and on this week's episode of Truth and Charity, he shares all the highlights from World Youth Day, including what Panama's culture, food, and music is like, as well as where they were able to celebrate Mass, the catechesis opportunities for the young adults who were attending, and the events with Pope Francis, including one event with a local connection. Plus, Bishop talks about some of his preliminary plans for the next World Youth Day, which will be in 2022 in Lisbon, Portugal. Bishop also shares his thoughts on two very special people from our diocese who recently died. Sister Rose Agnes, the former Provincial Superior of the Sisters of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration, and Josh Camo, a South Bend firefighter, musician, and in the words of Bishop Rhodes, a model for husbands and fathers. To catch all the previous episodes of Truth and Charity, visit RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop, which is also where you can submit a question for Bishop to answer on a future show. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here with our Bishop. Welcome back, Bishop. Thank you, Kyle. Good to be back. It's good to have you back. And uh, before we get into talking about all of your travel adventures with uh, our young people, you also, I understand last Friday, you had two funerals you had to attend to. Right after I got back. Well, actually, while we were at World Youth Day in Panama, uh, we received news of the death of of two very special people in our diocese. Mm -hmm. So I celebrated their funeral masses um, the Friday after returning from World Youth Day, last Friday. The first was Sister Rose Agnes, a sister of St. Francis of Perpetual Adoration. Her funeral was at the Mother House Chapel. Yeah, I love Sister Rose Agnes. She was a one of uh, in leadership of the sisters for many, many years, including Provincial Superior back in the 80s and 90s. And um, Sister worked really up until... <laughs> three days before she died. She was a a beautiful, beautiful religious sister. 
She was fluent in German. I always liked to talk to her because she knew so much about the history of the congregation, which was founded in Germany, and she was on the General Council, which is um, because the order is, is headquartered in Germany. She was a wealth of information about the history of the congregation and also of uh, Blessed Mother Maria Theresia Banzel, the foundress. Okay. So if I ever had questions about Mother Maria Theresia, I could go to Sister Rose Agnes. But she always had a spirit of joy. She's a very intelligent woman. And really, she was a force for keeping this congregation of sisters strong through some difficult years. Hmm. So I think we can give thanks for for her leadership as we look at how well the Sisters of St. Francis are doing today with vocations, etc. Yeah. Uh, I was always struck by her joy. Um, she was, as I said, very intelligent. She worked in the area of education before she was involved in various kinds of leadership for the community. But always she, she was humble, she was joyful, prayerful. She was kind of like the ideal model for the Sisters of St. Francis. Mm. She lived their charism, the active and contemplative life going together. So I'm really going to miss Sister Rose Agnes. There's a nice obituary about her in last week's Today's Catholic. So it's sad to see her death, but I, I think we have another intercessor for us in heaven. Sure, sure. And then also Joshua Kumo passed away. Yes, you know that. And by the way, we prayed over in Panama. I was praying because I knew Josh was coming near near the end. What a great young man. I've known Josh and his wife, Rosary, and their family for, for many years. Mm-hmm. Josh was a firefighter mm-hmm. up in South Bend. Um, they are parishioners of Queen of Peace Parish in Mishawaka. Josh was just uh, just a lot of fun. He was a great young man. Died at the age of 41 last week, or yeah, a little over a week ago. They have six young children. The funeral had well over a thousand people, many priests, sisters, parishioners, family and friends, a lot of the firefighters and EMTs. Hmm. Josh is someone who wasn't afraid to bear witness to his faith to so many people. He loved Jesus Christ. He loved the church. He loved to pray. He loved his music. He would play the guitar and sing songs and just was always a lot of fun. And he was a wonderful husband and father. He he was diagnosed with brain cancer about four years ago. And after treatment, it went into remission, but then it came back. Mm -hmm. But he accepted this with with, um, incredibly strong faith. He, He just loved the Lord and spoke of you know his longing to be with the lord he was he was kind of torn because he didn't want to leave obviously he didn't want to leave his beloved wife and and all his kids but he was open to surrendering himself to god's will so it was really really a beautiful funeral so i think about josh and just to see someone that of that age already uh with such a, a strong faith what a model he is for husbands and fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really am going to be counting on his prayers, too, along with those of Sister Rose Agnes. Yeah. I met him probably 10 years ago, and he still had an impression on me. And whenever I found out about his brain cancer, I was definitely keeping him in, in my prayers. And he was leading, we were doing a youth event in a tent at a, at a parish, and he was leading the adoration. He, was, he did a great job. So. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, uh, hopefully he can keep us in our prayers and we can keep him and sister in our prayers as well. 
I found that out while you were at World Youth Day. I want to talk about that trip. Uh, let's start maybe from the beginning with the uh, trip going down. We were having cold weather coming in. Were there any hiccups with your travel plans? No. I, well, actually, I left a day early because okay. of the forecast. Um, <laughs> I, and I really was last minute. I, was, uh, I left a day early because I thought if I stayed and left on the original date, which was Saturday, there was a snowstorm forecast, so, uh -huh. I, so I ended up leaving late Friday afternoon for Atlanta and then spent the night in Atlanta, then flew on on Saturday to Panama, which uh -huh. I'm glad I did because then I didn't arrive late. It uh -huh. was a smart move, but it was kind of <laughs> last minute. But what a difference it was getting off the plane in the 90-some <laughs> degree weather. It was great. Yeah. So what were you expecting going down to Panama and maybe how was it similar or different than what you expected? Well, you know, I pretty much understand. I mean, I've experienced the Latin American culture uh, in my life. I'd never been to Panama or Central America, but I've been to Colombia and Mexico and Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic. So I kind of knew the Latino kind of culture. So I was looking forward to that. I enjoy that. It was my fourth World Youth Day, I, mm -hmm. you know, and this was the first one in America that I've attended. So I would say one of the surprising things was, maybe it shouldn't have been that surprising, but it definitely had that Latino atmosphere. Most of the World uh -huh. Youth Days, there's there's a lot of Europeans, or, but this was, I, I mean, it felt like it was probably 90% hmm. Latin American. Uh -huh. So it definitely had that. Uh, we had about 80 from our diocese, um, young pilgrims, that includes the chaperones. Some of our seminarians went along, some of our young priests, some of the Sisters of St. Francis. And it was really just great. I mean, it was like very similar, other than being so heavily Latino, uh, to the other World Youth Days, the uh -huh. same kind of format. We had a couple days together before World Youth Day actually began. And I try to do that where we can kind of spiritually prepare for the event. Uh, like we did in Poland, we, we had gone to Czestochowa and some other places before we were in Krakow. Well, in Central America, that's a little more difficult. We went right to Panama City. Hmm. But we did do day trips for two days, but they weren't to religious shrines like I usually would would do. We spent, uh, so it was more like tourists the first two days, although we had mass and sure. we prayed together. But we went to a tropical rainforest, uh -huh. uh, which was a lot of fun. And then the next day, we went to the Panama Canal. Uh -huh. Of course, how can you go to Panama and not visit the, the Panama Canal? But we had, we had a lot of fun. I just enjoyed the time with our young people, uh, like in the, in the rainforest. Now, just a lot of time to interact with, with the young people. And there were a lot of other pilgrims from different places at these places as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, we saw these special monkeys and <laughs> crocodiles and the... Uh, Sloth. Uh -huh. They were excited to see those. I, you know, when I heard about sloth, I said all I knew was sloth was a capital, one of the seven capital sins. Right. I didn't know it was an animal. <laughs> but it's appropriately named because yeah. they're very lazy. They they sleep like what eighteen hours a day. Okay. Um, I was like when I was in Australia, the koala bears have a similar lifestyle. It's a great lifestyle. Uh, you know, you sleep yeah. most of the time. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every, we, we really enjoyed that. The name, by the way, in Spanish was funny for a sloth is perezoso, which in Latin means lazy. Okay. So they call them the lazy animals. <laughs> we went out on a boat, which was really cool, along 
the waters of the Panama Canal and we went on an aerial tram where we saw the lush vegetation and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it was just that that day was really relaxing a lot of fun and we had had mass at the uh, they have a national shrine of our lady uh, the immaculate heart of mary where we had mass mm-hmm. i'm kind of getting my days mixed up i think <laughs> that was the day we went to the rainforest and the panama canal that was just amazing we saw a few really large uh, ships going through the locks, um, just the amazing engineering, right? You know that they connected the Atlantic and the Pacific through this uh, country, through this digging of the canal in Panama. So that was a lot of fun, um, and I was really impressed by the young people we had with us. I mean, they were just so easygoing; like we had no problems. You know, like mm-hmm. everyone enjoyed each other's company. Um, it's good to spend time with our seminarians too, and just to see. I was really happy to see our seminarians and our young sisters and our young priests relating with the young people, and it was good because you know it was just quality time to, yeah. to be together. It seems like a, a neat variety of experiences of the wondrous creation of God, and then the amazing creation of man in the the Panama Canal. Uh, but then combined with the faith and having mass and visiting some shrines and, and having prayer time together and things like that. So it really kind of loops in all of these different things, make it a, a really kind of full experience, I would imagine. Exactly. It really does. And then when when we got back after the Panama Canal was the opening mass. Now, the Pope had not yet arrived. The opening mass is always celebrated by the archbishop who's hosting it. So, okay. so the archbishop of Panama City had a mass in this big park. The World Youth Day events, the first days were at um, along the coast of Panama City. It was called the Cinta Costera. So it's kind of like a coastal park along a beltway. Hmm. Actually, our hotel was, the Bishop's Hotel was really along that beltway. So that was kind of the welcoming. And there were probably about a quarter of a million young people at the opening mass. Um, And it was, you know, the archbishop gave a very warm welcome. Well, we had already experienced the warmth and hospitality (laughs) of the Panamanian people because they were so excited to be hosting this. You know, like to see all these young people from all over the world. Yeah, Definitely, as I said, there were a lot of Latin Americans. I saw a lot of Colombians, a lot of Mexicans. Mm and other Central Americans, but but then there were from all over the world. And, you know, World Youth Day is such a joyful event. I mean, there's just always a lot of music, there's dancing, there's uh, kids running into each other singing, <laughs> and they'll be joining, like our group would join some of the Panamanian kids. Mm-hmm. Or, so that's just really fun to watch. Um, but there's a serious side of it, too. And, sure. you know, the Archbishop spoke to them about... Uh, they're being called to sanctity. He spoke about the saints of World Youth Day, which was pretty neat to begin talking about the saints mm-hmm. and how holiness is possible for every age, every culture, every ethnic group. And we were all there and all called to be holy, all called to be saints. So that was a great opening. And then the next few days, you know, the Again, this is the normal schedule for World Youth Day. There's three mornings of catechetical sessions at mm-hmm. different sites. So that's very good. Catechesis is an important part of the uh, 
of the experience, and there's different bishops who who give the catechesis, and then there's mass at the catechetical site. So it's done in different languages at different places. Our young people were really impressed with the first catechesis by a an archbishop from Australia, the Archdiocese of Canberra. Is that how you pronounce it, or Canberra? Canberra. They said that, well, I wasn't there, but they said that was really, he was excellent. We also had an English-speaking event called the Fiat Festival. By the way, the, the theme of World Youth Day was the words of Mary at the Annunciation. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. Yeah. And of course, the World Youth Day song uh, we were singing all the time that had those words in the refrain. Have you heard that song? No. Is it in Spanish? It's in different languages. Oh, okay. Yeah. You need to play it on Redeemer Radio, Kyle. Okay. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah. You can sing in Spanish. Rally or, the troops. Yeah. Rally the troops. Maybe you can learn it on your guitar and sing on sing it on Redeemer. I'll play the ukulele. You, you sing it. You don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> I do, though. <laughs> hey, why don't we take a break? and we come back, I want to hear more about the trip to World Youth Day in Panama right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman here with our bishop. We've been talking about World Youth Day down in Panama City and all the adventures that happened down there with the about 80 people that came from the diocese. Yeah, Bishop, you were talking about the Fiat Festival that happened in the evening, one of the days. Yeah, the Knights of Columbus, and um, they've done this at the last couple World Youth Days. They get a big convention center so that there can be a like an English-speaking, primarily U.S. event. Mm-hmm. So they got this convention center, and they had this afternoon and evening on January 23rd for mostly Americans, but English-speaking youth in general. So they're the USCCB and FOCUS along with the Knights of Columbus, sponsor this. So there'd be different musical groups that would perform. Mm -hmm. Various bishops gave talks. Young adults gave witness talks. So it was several hours of that. It was a very enjoyable thing. It was kind of a little bit further out. So, So we did that Wednesday. I joined our young people there. And it was the next day when the Pope arrived. Actually, Pope Francis arrived in Panama that day. But his first public event for World Youth Day was on Thursday, uh, the 24th of January. Of course, there were Vatican flags and World Youth Day banners all over the city for the motorcades of the Pope. But the official welcoming took place on that field along the Cinta Costera, where mm-hmm. we had had the opening mass. And it was in the early evening, and again, great enthusiastic crowd of youth, quarter of a million again. There was a lot of waving. There was a whole procession of flags from all the different countries of the world, uh-huh. and just very, very festive um, experience. The Pope went through the crowd on the Pope mobile, so the young people could see him more up close. And it's at that opening ceremony that they present. Uh, they bring up the World Youth Day cross and the icon of Our Lady, which are carried through all the different countries. Uh-huh during the year before World Youth Day begins. And then they had five young people from the five continents officially welcome Pope Francis to World Youth Hmm. Day. And then the the young people from Panama presented him with a gift, which was a stole that was made of mola, which you see all over uh, Panama. It's a traditional fabric or traditional handmade textile of the indigenous people of Panama, the Kuna 
people. Hmm. So it has colorful artistic designs. They gave that to Pope Francis. And, and then basically the Holy Father encouraged the young people to bring the joy of the gospel to the world. And he said, you do that by extending God's love. Hmm. And he says, and that love excludes no one. Of course, this is a regular message of, of Pope Francis. And, you know, he spoke about how immense Christ's love is for us and that our faith is more than a set of rules. It's a it's living his love. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Christianity is really about a person. It's about Christ and and to pursue the dream for which he gave his life. Mm-hmm. And and that means to love with the same love that he has loved us. So it was a very beautiful opening message, uh, and I think it really resounded with all the young people, and it was a great way to begin the final days. So then on on Friday, which was the 25th of January, the feast of the conversion of St. Paul, Uh we had mass in a beautiful church in old Panama City. I should probably explain a little bit when I say old Panama we were staying in kind of the modern city, which is a lot of skyscrapers. I mean, it's very unusual for Central America, but but Panama City is like the banking and finance center for, uh, I guess, even more than Central America, probably for South America as well. So you have this big financial district, and that's okay. where we were staying. In any event, coming out of that center financial part, you can go into just a couple kilometers to the older city. Hmm. The older city is more colonial. You know, the buildings... Historic. Historic yeah. and beautiful churches, etc. But actually, that's not the oldest city. About six kilometers away is the original <laughs> Panama City. And on actually, on Saturday, I did my own little tr- historical trek there, and it's just ruins. And that huh. was a city destroyed by pirates back in the... Uh, I forget if it was the late 16th or early 17th century, but it still has one tower of the cathedral still standing. But after the pirates burned it down, they moved and rebuilt the city in what is now called Casco Antiguo or Casco Viejo, which is old city Mm -hmm. where we had mass on Friday at the Church of St. Joseph. Beautiful, beautiful wooden gold-gilded altar and Capilla San Jose, they call it, St. Joseph Chapel. So we were able to spend several hours in that old, older city of Panama that Friday, um, visiting some of the other churches, visiting, uh, doing some shopping, seeing some of the original crafts, Panamanian craftware. Also, Deacon Danizer and I got to visit the cathedral. The cathedral was not open yet to the general public. It had been closed for many years for a restoration. And it was only opening the next day uh, for, and Pope Francis was going to, I mean, it was totally restored. Yeah, And Pope Francis uh, dedicated the altar during mass on that Saturday. But Deacon Dan (laughs) Neeser and I were able to get in I guess because I was a bishop, yeah. and we got a little tour. It was beautiful. We got to pray in front of the uh, the patroness of Panama, the statue of Santa Maria la Antigua, okay. which is a beautiful, beautiful statue, and just see this beautiful restoration. But then with the rest of the group, we visited some of the other old churches. It was a really just a relaxing day seeing the colonial old city. 
And then later that afternoon was the way of the cross. And that's always part of World Youth Day, where the, the Pope leads, and well, actually the Pope presides, but basically the young people are carrying the cross and doing meditations on each of the stations. Well, what was really neat is uh, the 12th, different countries took each station. Uh-huh. And uh, so they were almost all in Spanish, except for one of the stations the Haitians had. So that was in Creole. Uh-huh. And the 12th station was the United States. Huh. So there were two who would speak, a, a boy and a girl. Well, for the United States, the boy who spoke was one of our group. I saw that. How did that happen? I, I don't even know. Uh Dane Litchfield of St. Mary's Parish in Avila. Uh-huh. I don't know how he got chosen. I think through the USCCB. That's so cool. And he did a really good job, you know, on TV. He was all over talking yeah. right there in front of the Pope. Right. Doing, this, right beside him. doing this meditation <laughs> on Mary at the foot of the cross. It was really neat. And not only that, one of our group also uh, was one of the youth chosen to carry the cross during that 12th station. <laughs> and, uh, that was Renata Kurtzweg of Our Lady of Good Hope Parish okay. in Fort Wayne. So just to have two of our young people there uh, participating in the in the stations was great. It, you weren't it, pulling strings for this? Then? I was just, not. It, it happened completely independent <laughs> of me. But it was interesting how they did the stations because as they looked at these different events, they weren't the traditional 14 stations. They were kind of... Um, like the first station was the agony in the garden. Well, mm-hmm. that's not in the normal stations of the cross. So it was more of a biblical themed for the 14 stations. Interesting. Yeah. So anyhow, um, but they had the young people doing the meditations. It wasn't just on the suffering of our Lord, but also they would have a reflection on some current suffering going on in the world, basically showing how the passion of Christ is still still happening in the suffering of people today. So they would link a significant event of our Lord's crucifixion to an issue or a current theme affecting young people, particularly in Latin America. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of unusual, um, but I thought it was very good. It was a very prayerful uh, reflection. It made us think about what was different was, you know, all the other events are always very exuberant and joyful. This is very quiet, very, and it should be, it's the passion, very prayerful, very meditative. And then the Pope spoke at the end and kind of brought it all together. He talked about, especially young people who were victims of abuse or victims of violence Mm -hmm. or some marginalization and basically calling upon us never to become indifferent to human suffering mm-hmm. and pain. And also talked about Mary at the foot of the cross and how we're called to stand at the foot of the cross as well. Yeah. Well, let's see. I have, I'm sure you have more stories to tell, and I have a bunch of questions to ask too. And if people want to ask questions in the future, you could always do that by going to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop or call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260 260- 436-9598. Coming up, we'll hear more about World Youth Day in Panama with Bishop Rhodes right here on Truth and Charity, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. 
Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman and have been fascinated hearing the stories from Bishop on his trip to Panama City for World Youth Day and your fourth World Youth Day you mentioned. And so many stories. I'd love to hear more about the trip. Yeah, you know, as I said, the way of the cross is always an important part of World Youth Day on the Friday. And then it's the next day, Saturday, when the young people make the trek to the site of the final vigil and Mm -hmm. final mass. But we began with mass Saturday morning at a church not far from the hotel where our young people were staying called Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And Cardinal O'Malley of Boston was the main celebrant icon celebrated. It was the feast of Saints Timothy and Titus. And he gave a really good homily reminding us of how they were such close companions of St. Paul, and they were kind of a missionary team together. Uh-huh. And he talked about how we're called to uh, work as a team in our missionary efforts today, especially young people, having good friends who are Catholic, and they can go out to others with the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, after having then breakfast with the young, by the way, we had great breakfast every day. Yeah. I love the food. All kinds of tropical fruits, and, uh-huh. you know, papaya and mangoes and all that, and great bread and you know breakfast. Our kids, our kids really enjoyed it because they aren't used to such breakfast. Uh-huh. We have a lot of meat and cheeses and all that for breakfast. Beans and tortillas, and yes, okay. yes, exactly, all that. And after that, they were getting ready to go out to the site of the Saturday night vigil which is called the St. John Paul II Field, about 15 miles away. So I had free time, and I decided, since I like history so much, to go to the old, old city, uh-huh. which had the ruins, and they had a museum there. So I, I really was interested. I went and learned about the indigenous peoples, and then the first Spanish settlers, and then walked around and and uh, spent a couple hours. You know, As I said, the, the Welsh pirate Henry Morgan... Uh, defeated the city's militia and sacked the old city, and then it was burned down, and then they moved it to what is now the Casco Antiguo, the historic district that I mentioned we visited on Friday. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, the Saturday night vigil and the Sunday mass are always the climax of World Youth Day, and the Pope comes for both. At the vigil, um, what's really neat is they have young people speak there, and they had three young people at this one who offered their testimonies before Pope Francis and the hundreds of thousands of young people who yeah. were there. And one of them, I was really moved by a Palestinian woman, a young mother, who spoke of the fear and the difficulties she was she faced when she learned her pregnancy was very high risk and she was carrying a child with Down syndrome. Hmm. And this woman, this young woman, shared how she and her husband put all their faith and their this situation in God's hands and decided to love their daughter with all their hearts. Mm-hmm. So it was a beautiful testimony, I thought. Yeah. And then a 20-year-old Panamanian man shared his experience of falling into a life of drugs and crime. Huh. Very honest, just 20 years old, right there in front of the Pope, talking about how he was arrested, how he was sent to prison. But then when he was released, he was sent to a a Catholic halfway house. And it was there that he received such encouragement and help in his reintegration into society. And he talked about how he learned of God's love for him. Uh And that this really, and and that God didn't abandon him. So that was another very touching testimony. And the third um, was a young Palestinian woman who shared how she had become distant from her 
Catholic faith until she went to Krakow for World Youth Day in 2016. Really? Uh, and now she's a practicing Catholic. Her faith is strong. And I think that was a really good thing. Yeah. And then the, the Pope then spoke uh, and kind of reflected on each of the three stories that were just shared. And then talked about our Blessed Mother and the risk that Mary took when she said yes to God. Mm-hmm. And so we invited to the young people to to um, to trust in God, to say yes to God. I think the thing that he said that um, impacted me the most was he talked about how Jesus helps us to stand up again after we've fallen. He said that the worst fall that can ruin our lives is when we remain down mm. and we don't allow ourselves to be helped up. Mm. I thought that was a really excellent message. Yeah. I think that, that being helped up is different than what we might say, like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but being willing to accept the help of others when you're down. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. And really those young people who gave that testimony, yeah. that's what they did. You mm-hmm. know, they were helped. The, the guy was helped at the halfway house and, mm-hmm. um, then we had Eucharistic Adoration, uh-huh. prayed before the exposed Blessed Sacrament, and the Holy Father gave benediction and departed, and again, a lot of cheers, etc. But then the young people stay out and sleep on the field at night. That's uh-huh. part of World Youth Day. Yeah. The bishops don't. Okay. <laughs> we got bus back to the hotel. However, the neat thing is, well, it's not really a neat thing. Uh, <laughs> we don't get much sleep. I mean, I may as right. well stayed there, because we had to be up at uh, we had to get on a bus at 4 a.m. to uh-huh. go back, even though, because you have to go through all this security and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you wait for hours for the Mass. The Mass was at 8 a.m. And that's the closing Mass. So it's, it's uh, and they had it so early because of the heat, although it was already hot, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, it was beautiful. I, they, they said there were about 700,000 at the closing Mass. Mm. And it's at the end of the, I had a great seat, by the way. I was in the second row, so I could see the Pope real close. Yeah. But at the end of Mass, they always announce the site of the next World Youth Day. Uh So in three years, uh, 2022, it'll be held in Lisbon, Portugal. So there were Portuguese young people kind of up front. They started cheering. And basically, the Holy Father told the pilgrims to go home, to go back to their families, their friends, their schools, to share their experience, to bring... Uh, to bring share the wonderful experience they had at World Youth Day, let it uh, bear good fruit in their lives, and continue to have that faith and joy that Mary had to say yes to God's will. So it was um, it was really good. And after that, we we had our final dinner, a really delicious uh, Panamanian dinner at a local restaurant on that Sunday night. Um, just kind of like celebrated the the end. Um, there was some local folklore dancing there. And uh-huh. I was so impressed with our young people. I just enjoyed the time with them. It was just a time to enjoy. Uh, you know, I don't get, you know, I get, I get to see our people, our young people all over the place, but, but this was real quality time, yeah. you know, with many of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a bunch of questions to ask you about World Youth Day. And if you have questions for Bishop, you can ask them by going to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop. You can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. And coming up, we'll hear more about World Youth Day in Panama. And I'll ask some of the questions that I have about the trip. Right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. 
Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I am Kyle Hyman. We're talking with Bishop about his trip to Panama City for World Youth Day. And maybe just to kind of get an overall idea of World Youth Days, I kind of feel like you have vacations at one level, and then you take a step down, and then you have a pilgrimage, and that's a little bit more roughing it. And then you have a World Youth Day pilgrimage, which is kind of like taking a, a pilgrimage where you might go on a bus tour and stuff like that. And, and adding the hiking to it and stuff like that. So do you plan differently for a World Youth Day? Do you pack differently? Uh, what, what's your procedure now that you've done four of them? Yeah, you know, I think first of all, you have to go into it with the right mentality that you can't expect that this is like a regular vacation uh-huh. or you're going to be disappointed because there are, I mean, on a regular vacation, you don't have to sit you know, wait four or five hours for an event to begin. Right. So you have to kind of be ready. There was one bishop there who was new. It was his first uh, World Youth Day. And uh-huh. I could see he was getting annoyed. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, you got to just, just go with the flow. You know, uh, yeah. you can't. I mean, uh, so as far as like packing, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I have to bring all my vestments and stuff. Like really? My cassock and all that. Because when you're with the Pope, you have to have the cassock. And, uh-huh. uh, plus, so it is a little heavier than I would have on a regular vacation. Uh-huh. So I would say, because I normally don't carry all that stuff when right. I go on vacation. But you have to be aware of the climate of the place you're going. So I had to have try to bring some light clothes, comfortable shoes, um, all of that. Uh-huh. But I think it's more the be- mental preparation and the spiritual to really see this as a, uh, you know, I like the idea of I got some good exercise, some long walks. Like when mm-hmm. I went off to the old old Panama, I had a lot of time with our own young people. But you know, bishops have to stay together because we have to be transported together for security reasons huh. to the different events. So, but luckily. The Bishop's Hotel was only about four or five blocks from where our group's hotel was. So I was able to go there every day, practically. And uh, so sometimes I would be with our young people. Sometimes I'd be with the bishops. It would depend. Uh, But I think it was a good balance. Um, But I think the times of prayer are really important, that we're not just going there on vacation. So I thought our daily masses were really very, very special. Mm -hmm. And also other times besides mass where we could uh, pray and especially visiting different churches or while waiting for one of the events to begin, that's when I would find it was a good time to pray mm-hmm. or to stop into one of the beautiful churches that were there. And then there's also the entering really into the liturgical events, listening carefully, for example, to the words of the Holy Father and his message or the listening to the testimonies of the young people. So I, I, that was always very important for me because I wanted to kind of, it's kind of like opening oneself to the Holy Spirit during that week. Hmm. And that's what I, I try to do. And I, I think our young people did, just talking to them. And when they shared about their experiences, definitely they had different spiritual moments throughout the week. So what percentage do you think that you went as a spiritual leader versus a pilgrim yourself? Wow, I would say 50-50 probably. Um, I think I was main celebrant at three masses Uh for our young people. But at the other masses, like I was a Mm con-celebrant. We also had some of our young priests along. Uh And they would be with the young people at night. By that time, I'd be back in the hotel. But they would get together with the young people just to do a little reflection on how their day went. I don't know if they did that every night, but several nights they did. 
So they were also exercising some spiritual leadership sure. during the week. So that, that was good. And there were times of praying the rosary. I mentioned about you know my own entering into the Stations of the Cross. But some yeah. of that I was separate from our group because I was with the bishops at those events. How do you think this, you mentioned different population that was able to attend because of the location, but how do you think it compared to the other World Youth Days that you went to? Do you have a favorite? Uh, was there a favorite moment from any of the World Youth Days? I loved all of them. Um, I would say Krakow, huh. uh, for some reason, that might be my favorite. Uh, I loved Madrid, too. I loved, I loved Sydney. They were each different. I mean, very different countries. As I said, Panama had more of a Latin American kind of flavor to it. Uh, but each one had its own, I mean, the similar format, but they each had their own cultural kind of history. Yeah, I think I appreciated each one in a different way. But every one of them, for me, was a great experience. Yeah. You mentioned the theme of what you say was, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Why do you think Pope Francis chose that for the theme? And, and why do you think that's important for our young people to reflect on? Well, first of all, there's a strong Marian devotion in Latin America. So mm -hmm. it was just perfect. I mean, so many of the churches we were at were dedicated to Our Lady. And, uh, and she was a young woman when she said those words. So, yeah. You know, this is World Youth Day. So I think what a great model for young people of trusting in God. When we had the three days of catechesis, they reflected on those words. Um, and I mean, they're so profound. I mean, you can just think of what it means to be a servant of the Lord. Um, and then what it means to do his, to follow his word. And then we see Mary and other saints as examples of that. So I think it was... Um, yeah, I think it was very good. A lot of young people, too, are discerning at that point their vocations. Sure. So it's a great words of Our Lady for vocation. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Lisbon, July 2022. Will the diocese be doing a trip? Definitely. Yeah? How could we not? <laughs> Portugal. We'll have to go to Fatima as our preliminary days. Yeah. And then I think the, uh, the Tomb of St. James... Is also nearby? That's in Spain. That it's it's further north. It's in Santiago de Compostela. Whether uh -huh. we would do that as part, that's possible. Okay. But I was thinking of going maybe, it's a little early to be planning three years in advance, but uh -huh. I'm already thinking of definitely Fatima. Uh -huh. And we could do a couple day trips from there and then go to Lisbon. Yeah. I imagine it's probably going to be pretty busy at that time. A lot yeah, of people doing that kind of trip. Yeah, oh, right? exactly. You know what? It's going to be... You know, big to like Madrid and Krakow, uh -huh. where you get a few million. Uh -huh. Because once when it's in Europe, it gets more people. Like when I was in Australia, I think it was about four hundred fifty thousand. When it was in in Panama, it was probably about seven hundred thousand. But um, you know, Madrid and, and Krakow were a couple million each, and I think yeah. that's what Portugal will be like. A little bit easier to get around in Europe, probably. Yeah, except the crowds being bigger than right. longer lines. That's the only thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I will direct people to the Today's Catholic. If you go to todayscatholic.org, there's an article that you wrote, Bishop, about the World Youth Day. There's um, an article that Stephanie Patka wrote about World Youth Day. And also we mentioned the funeral of Sister Rose Agnes. There's an article in there as well. So people can check that out at todayscatholic.org for more information about the things that we're talking about today. And before we go, Bishop, could we get your Episcopal blessing? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. You're welcome, Kyle. Be sure to catch next week's episode of Truth in Charity, which will focus on relationships and marriage. With the Feast of St. Valentine approaching, Bishop talks about what makes a marriage a successful, long-lasting one, including topics like sacrificial love and forgiveness, insights from the saints, as well as the importance of recalling one's wedding day. Then Bishop answers questions submitted by listeners on marriage validation and the sacrament of marriage, the origin of tapping one's chest at certain points during Mass, and whether or not there will be food in heaven. If you have a question for Bishop to answer on a future show, just go to RedeemerRadio.com slash AskBishop or download the free Redeemer Radio app onto your smartphone or tablet and select Ask Your Questions. While there, you can also go to Audio Library to hear previous episodes of Truth and Charity or any of Redeemer Radio's local programming. Download a show and listen to it anywhere and anytime. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.